The Bible and Alcoholics Anonymous on this edition of Truth in Love. Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. Addiction is a common problem. In fact, for me, it's been more than a common problem. My mother, who died several years ago, battled alcohol addiction for most of her life. She was enslaved to alcohol for over 20 years. And so as a little boy on up into my teens, I have been to dozens and dozens and dozens of meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I am thankful for all the good things that AA brought into my mom's life uh, to cause her ultimately to stop drinking. But it raises the question, what is a biblical response to addiction and what is a biblical understanding of AA? And to help us address this very important issue, I've invited to the podcast this week Mark Shaw. Mark is the executive director of Vision of Hope and a pastor at Faith Church in Lafayette, Indiana. He's also an ACBC certified counselor and is the author of The Heart of Addiction. Mark, we're glad you're with us. And as we think through this issue of addiction and AA, the word addiction is really not a word that we find in the scriptures. How should Christians think biblically about that idea? Well, I, I, I think words are very important, and they, they're like signposts. They point us in a direction. Uh, and you know, I think about 1 Corinthians 2.13 that says, We impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So with biblical language, like words like addiction, and I use that in my book title and words like relapse, uh, alcoholism is another one of those words. I use those words sometimes to, to help people know what the problem is. But then when I write about it in my books, like The Heart of Addiction, I talk about uh, a biblical habitual sin nature problem and one of idolatry and of sin uh, rather than as the world characterizes addiction. And how does the world characterize addiction that's different than what the Bible understands as a habitual sin? Well, these these words are, are signposts, and so they point people, I think, to a disease outside of themselves, to uh, a problem that's not me. It's not really who I am. It's my disease. It's this thing outside of me rather than recognizing that it's their own sinful problem that they need Christ uh, to forgive them of and to begin the transformation process in their own hearts. Okay. So if that's what a biblical understanding of addiction is, then help us understand Alcoholics Anonymous. What is AA? Well, AA is a program that started in the 1930s by a couple of guys, Dr. Bob and Bill W., Bill Wilson, Uh, who started this program and really watered down some biblical teaching and biblical truth. Uh, No other way to say it than they just watered it down to make it more appealing to other people. And so you'll hear some people who say uh, there are biblical truths in AA and in in the big book and and that kind of thing, which uh, no doubt undoubtedly are true, uh, that there are some biblical truths there, but they don't go far enough. For example, one is you know, you admit you're an alcoholic or you admit that you have a problem. And 
Uh, admission is good, but confession is what the Bible Bible says we should do. So that's admission plus taking it the next step further of confessing it to a holy God that you've sinned against him, uh, that you need Christ's forgiveness, and that you need this transformation to work in, in your heart uh, by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, there are words that they use that are good, like admission and making uh, uh, amends and um, that kind of thing. But there are uh, biblical truths are more excellent. Biblical truths point uh, to the, the whole wisdom of God. And, and so I think half-truths in AA can be dangerous for people. Okay, so let's talk about that for a little bit because there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast who have had some kind of experience with AA. This is an organization that has affected, impacted untold millions of people. I mentioned at the top of the podcast, my mother uh, went to AA for years, years and years and years. I've, I've been in more AA meetings than I know how to count. Keep coming back. It works. It works if you work it one day at a time. I mean, I've been there. I know the stuff. And, and, and I am thankful, as many who are listening to this are thankful for the good fruit that came into the lives of people through their interaction with AA. And yet, as biblically-minded Christians, we want to have concerns about AA. Why should biblically-minded Christians be concerned about AA? AA sets itself up as a spiritual program. So right there, I have a, a, a moment of pause. Okay, this is a spiritual program. But then when you read the big book and what it teaches, the only higher powers that it mentions are like an enlightenment and you know something other than Jesus. And by the very definition of the program, it's a higher power of your own choosing. Well, that's the very definition of idolatry. You know, if I can choose a higher power, uh, then I can make anything my higher power, and that's idolatry. Uh, so those are super huge concerns from my perspective about being careful to send people to this so-called spiritual, spiritual program that says any God will do. We know there's only one true God. And, um, and, and then when you go to meetings and you've been, they say things like, you know, we're spiritual people, but those people who go to church, they're religious people. Mm. You know, we're spiritual, they're religious. They're like, and it's characterizing you and I as though we're Pharisees, mm. we're the, you know, rule followers without the compassion and, and love of Christ. And, and that's just unfair. And so I, my concern for biblical counselors is when you send people to these programs, don't assume that this is a Christian program, that the teachings and the writings, the 12 traditions, the 12 promises, the 12 steps, that all these things are going to point them to Christ. Because as I said in the beginning, their words and the, the words that they choose really point people away from Christ to more of a medical solution and to more of just a worldly secular mindset. And those are some of the dangers and concerns that I have with the program. Many Christians have come to see that there are imperfections and significant problems in AA. And so there's been efforts to try to rehabilitate AA with some kind of Christianized version. We think of programs like Celebrate Recovery. Uh, should Christians try to rehabilitate or rescue Alcoholics Anonymous by getting rid of the bad parts and trying to insert some Christian elements into it. Yeah, I had a friend once tell me, you know, when does a lie ever added to truth make the truth better? 
And when does the truth ever added to a lie make the lie into pure truth? Well, it, it doesn't happen. Mm. Uh, so I like to start with truth. I like to start with the scriptures. I like to proclaim the excellencies of Christ and point people to, to the, just the riches of, of the Bible. And, um, and so some of these programs, I understand they're well, well-meaning people that, that are in these programs and they're doing their best. And maybe it's all that's out there. Uh, in their minds, but um, I would rather just start with teaching scripture and teaching the word, teach about idolatry and sin and, and ruling heart issues and address those matters with these people who struggle with addiction rather than using programs that kind of mix them, the, you know, the world's teaching with the truth of God's word, because I don't think oil and water mix. Mm. And, and I don't think that it can be done. I think it, it confuses people and it may lead them down the wrong path. So I mentioned that my mom went to AA. In my memory as a little boy, I think she started going to AA about the time I was seven and finally was sober for what would turn out to be the rest of her life by the time I was 12. So it took about five years for the things that were working in AA to be able to take hold. And I'm I'm very thankful for that. She was, when she, when she went to the last rehab center, they all said she was at death's door. She'd nearly drank her, she'd nearly drank herself to death. And I'm very thankful for that. But it was interesting because from the time I was 12 to the time I was 25, my mom was a miserable person. She was what her friends in AA called a dry drunk. I mean, she, uh, she was angry. She was sad. She was promiscuous. I mean, she was one of just the nastiest people I've ever met. Uh, she was able to keep a job. She was able to keep a roof over her head, unlike uh, when she was drinking. But she wasn't a better person. In fact, me and my brothers used to seriously wish that she would go back to drinking because you could right. at least live with her when she was <laughs> drunk. You couldn't live with her right. uh, this way. Um, and and the reason I mention that is because what happened when I was 25 is I shared the gospel with my mother uh, for the umpteenth time, but she believed. She repented of her sins and believed, and heart change began to happen. She began to be a qualitatively different person. And so for me, it was, um, it was this powerful demonstration. Hey, I, I'm thankful for the good things that AA did, but really AA didn't take my mom very far. It taught her to go to hell more efficiently. Right. She, it, it, it cleaned up her life, right. but she was still going to hell. She was not a changed person. And it was the power of Jesus Christ in the word of God that really brought her the rest of the way. What is it that the Bible adds that is so superior to the 12 steps? Well, the Bible talks about uh, our sin and our need for Christ and, and uh, that the transformation proce- process is progressive, uh, that we become like Christ. You know, transformation, we have been transformed in, in justification. We are being transformed in sanctification. We will be transformed in glorification. And in the AA program, in 12 Steps, you won't hear anything about Jesus Christ. You won't hear anything about confession of sin. You admit you're wrong, um, but you don't confess sin, and, and certainly not to a holy God, because you're picking a God of your own choosing, of your own understanding. Uh, so, I mean, if I choose God, then who's really God? It, it's me. I'm in that position of authority. And so the Bible gives us uh, lots of biblical truth that move us and grow us in a deeper way, in an eternal way, 
rather than the 12-step program, which I agree has some helpful teaching, some things in it that can that can really uh, help people to be clean and sober. But our goal is not to be clean and sober. Our goal is to be like Jesus for God's glory. And that part of the uh, that part is missing in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Our guest has been Mark Shaw. Mark is the author of The Heart of Addiction and Addiction Proof Parenting. If you'd like more information on this topic, you can check out those resources. And if you'd like more information on ACBC, you can visit us at www.biblicalcounseling.com.